Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. I'm pretty excited about this guest because I've been told so many incredible things about him from two good friends, Kim and Eden, on the Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. But regardless of what they've been telling me, the more work that I've seen, and we spent about, I think it was about an hour on the phone just to talk about this podcast and find out more about him. But like I do each week, I'm just going to run through a short bio. Kiko Ellsworth entered the world, had a very happy child, hence his mother's nickname for him, Sunshine. But as destiny would have it, he quickly learned what fear was, lost his way, became insecure, grew up in a, as a thief, a womanizer, while darkness enveloped his life. For the next two decades, his life was all about survival and trying to regain what he once easily embodied as a child, his inner shine, and our ability to thrive. Thrust into the entertainment industry at an incessant request of his actor friends, he finally acquiesced and ended up on stage with a serious cage of stage fright in his mid-twenties. He faced his fear and never looked back. Quickly seen for his talent, skills, and shining soul, he was cast as a series regular on the daytime drama Port Charles, where he would build his on-screen camera chops for the next three years while living the fast life, appearing on hundreds of episodes, TV dramas, major films, voicing dozens of commercials, countless magazines, red carpets, photo shoots, winning awards for voiceover, including an Emmy Award, this was the dream life. He was making the money, flying everywhere first class, had the expensive cars, beautiful women, and yet there was something missing from this seemingly amazing Hollywood lifestyle. Then it imploded. He couldn't do it anymore. He dropped all of his entertainment managers, his theoretical agents, his commercial agents, and voiceover agents, and walked away from the Hollywood life to discover something real underneath all the glitz and glamour. Now I'm gonna to touch upon and let him tell this part of the story because I think it's so profound and for anyone out there, everyone knows with this campaign, it's all about breaking barriers and bringing us all on this common place that nobody's different underneath the surface. There's titles, there's professions, and like Kiko said there, he had it all, but there was something underlying. So firstly, welcome to the show, Kiko. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you didn't read that entire bio. I was like, man, that thing's a little long. I didn't, <laughs> I just wanted to give you the full picture. <laughs> yeah. But nope. I'm glad you like, you know, let us get into it. Uh, thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for the work. Uh, I appreciate it. I love you. Thank you, brother. You're welcome, mate. And as I said, I've been hearing so many things about you, but we connected and the energy was just there when we got on the, the call the other week. And I think this, this is what makes me laugh. When you, when you find a commonality and the energy is there, what should take about 10 minutes normally goes on for a couple of hours. <laughs> like, yeah. You just, <laughs> Yeah, there was something that just resonated. So if you can just take me and our listeners, partly back to that bio, you had everything. Take us back from the start, the stage fright and about being yeah. called Sunshine. Now, can I just ask you, has your mother got any British heritage? Because that word sunshine is something that <laughs> very much is British. We say uh, sunshine. <laughs> I, think, I think, well, she called me her S-O-N, like her son. Right. And then shine is because I just, I was always just such a happy child. And that's just something that she came up with is being, you know, me being her sunshine and literally her calling me that, even though I lost my way, which many of us do throughout our, you know, our lives and we go to the, the dark side or unconscious, whatever you want to call it, you know, her calling me that always was a, my true North. 
And it was always something that I always remembered and I always felt and I always remembered, even though I kind of strayed away from like shining my light. I got scared, closed off and did all those things and was doing, living the, you know, uh, in ways that were not in alignment with my highest self. And uh, that was just always like my true north. And so that was one of the, one of the best things that my mother has, has given uh, for me. But, and then in the entertainment industry, you know, getting the, you know, jumping to that, to the stage fright, you know, I just remember feeling like some dude's hands were like choking, choking me on my throat and trying to speak. No words would come out. And the little ones that did were just sort of like breathy and they were just, just barely coming out. And I just remember my teacher yelling at me. She was like, what are you doing? You know, just talk, stop being all breathy and just, just talk. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking trying to talk here, but I, I can't, <laughs> you know? And, and I, it was just so much fear. And then uh, I got off stage and kind of shook it off. And that's when I was like, okay, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was some real stuff. That wasn't me. That wasn't the truth. Mm. And I've always had some the infatuation with like the truth even though I maybe strayed away from it. And I, that's why I stick with, stuck with entertainment was for personal, for mm -hmm. personal reasons to express myself truthfully. And then it just like, you know, it just evolved from there and just snowballed from there. So when you got into that, firstly, I'll say it sounds, so did, did you get to the bottom of where that stage fight suddenly just came from? I mean, attesting, I got a good friend, Kevin Clare, and he said he yeah. never had issues. And then one day, something overtook him when he got into this this audition and he said it was almost like stage fright performance anxiety and it was the first time he'd gone to LA so he's from um oh New Caledonia so he'd yeah. gone over there and he did this audition and he actually took it away from him so for months whilst he was in LA trying to make it over there it was actually confined to his room because of this angst he'd built up and this stage fright in this one audition that took mm. his character, did you work out where it came from? You know, for me, yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a process uh, for me because it was something that it was, I was getting back to me. I didn't realize over the years of my life that I didn't have a voice. Mm. I didn't have an opinion. I didn't even realize that I didn't have an opinion on things. I remember one time I, I had some buddies, I think I was like 19, and we were sitting in the back of a, of a truck, a Mitsubishi Montero. They were in the front, I was in the back in the middle. They were you know, bantering back and forth about some, some rap song. And then the, the driver, Damon, looked back to me. He said, what do you think, Keek? And I was like a deer caught in headlights. And I literally couldn't say anything. Yeah. I, and, He's, and then he immediately, after a few seconds, he was like, it's okay, man, you can have an opinion. And then he went back to bantering with the buddy in, in, the, in, the, in the passenger seat. And then I was left just stunned because I was like, damn, I was like, I didn't even have an opinion. Like, I didn't even know what to say. I was just stuck. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, when I first started to realize that, you know, there was something to work on with my voice and having an opinion towards life and myself. And, people pleasing and all this other stuff that was underneath all that stuff that all linked down to childhood stuff, you know, stuff to back when I was like, I remember when I was a child, when I was five years old, it was the first time I felt like I couldn't do something. 
Um, and that was, that was the first traumatic incident, incident with me and my father where I felt like my dad didn't believe in me. So then I took on that belief for myself of, I can't. And then really my entire life to this very day has been like really a, a rebuilding or a remembering of the truth is that I can, you can, we can. And it's just been like, you know, uncovering and, and it's like a big ball of yarn and you know, it's, it's some of the best work, you know? So I, and I think that the, the stage fright was a, was a part, it's definitely a part of that, that process of, of coming back home to, to be in my mama's sh- sunshine before where there was any, you know, any of that stuff. Yeah. So do, you, do you think when I was reading the first part of your bio then, when you was talking about kind of, and you openly spoke about it, a turbulent life when, when you was a thief and, and a womanizer, do you think you was acting out because of things attribute into that inner child notion. And because what I've noticed is this commonality between everyone that I speak to. And I think it's because I'm empathetic and I pick up on things that a lot of the time medication is great, but unless we go within and learn what the root cause is and the most successful people like yourself that I'm speaking to, as soon as you pivot and you learn and you go inside, you go, that makes sense of that behavior. That makes sense for that behavior. So what was it for you? Yeah, it was, it was that, you know, I was looking back now after all of the work that I've done on going internal, because like you, it's just like exactly what you just said. The only work that there is, is to do this. Mm. And once you do that, you just continue to do that. That's the only work there is. It's real simple. Yeah. And if there's nothing out there. It's not you. It's just, let me go internal and figure this out inside here. And once I started doing that, once I started, you know, really figuring out what was going on with me, I started to be able to truly see who I was and what was going on. So when I look back on my life at that time, I was very insecure. I was very self-conscious. I was very fearful. Didn't have a voice. Wasn't looking at myself in the mirror didn't even know that I wasn't looking at myself was highly unconscious and so I didn't have any idea of who I was right now I'm I'm just embarking on the path of remembering who I am and you know but back then you know I had this yearning for it but then I wasn't actually living the life of pursuing it and doing some of the work Mm. at least now I'm doing you know some of the work that keeps me on the path but back then I didn't I didn't appreciate a woman and I was very physical and I was looking at the physicality of a woman but I was also never looking inside of myself so there's a commonality of of course I'm going to sexualize a woman I'm sexualizing myself I'm only looking at my outer aspect my material my physicality I'm not looking at my inside. I'm not looking at my intuition. I'm not developing that. I'm not looking at how I feel about things. Not truly. I'm not, I'm not working on any of this stuff here. And so I was left with what was left, which is the outer world. So it's, it's the money. It's the cars. It's what, what I can get and what I can get and take. You know, you don't really, I didn't really think that I had anything to give which was a lie. We all have something to give, but to give, it has to come from here. Yeah. And, and if, you don't, if we're not tapped into this, then we're, in my opinion, or at least my experience, 
if we're not tapped into this place and this is the place that, that, that you can only truly get from is from your heart, from your soul, you know what I'm saying? If you're not tapped into that, it's in my, in my limited perspective at this point in time, you can only really be a taker because mm-hmm. you're going to give from your heart and maybe, you know, and so that's, that's, that's where I was coming from at least. And I didn't really, you know, start to balance that out until I started learning about, about this and going internal. So I suppose for anybody listening and everything's a personal experience, that's the whole point of this podcast. If there's anybody listening, who's, who's hearing your story and going, yeah, okay, but I'm at this stage. How do I even start to look internal? What did you do for yourself to realize it was you that needed a change within yourself? And what was the first kind of point of action for you to suddenly boom, turn that round on yourself? I think that, I think that's probably twofold. One thing is to, to start to trust that intuition. And I think from the, from the worst perspective or the, or disconnected perspective is that someone's like, well, I don't even know what my intuition is, which is, can be very common. Mm. It's just to at least start to know that you have an intuition, you have something, a, an internal GPS that's going to guide you. That's not here. And it's not going to always make sense, but it's something that's going to guide you. So, and, and everyone has had those reference points, something in the life to whereas, you know, whether it be a situation to whereas, uh, you, you, it was a life or death situation or someone had really bad energy. Like we've all walked into a room or we've all mm. come across somebody that, oh, I just don't like that person. Uh, I don't know. No logical reason why, but you just get a bad feeling. That's your intuition. Yeah. So we start to identify how our intuition speaks to us. So we want to actually give our intuition the space and the acknowledgement that it needs so it can grow. That I would think is the very first thing, because that's the first step of like acknowledging that there is an inner world and it's guided by that. And then I think the second thing that really helped me was I married someone who was so intuitive. So like having like some sort of mentor that you trust, that you, that you feel like, I really feel like I can trust this person. Mm. It might be someone you know, it might be someone that you might not know that, that well. But having someone, like when I married my wife at that time, I knew that she had something that I wanted. She had herself. She had a hold of herself. And that was the one thing growing up that I didn't have a hold of was like myself, my inner self. But when I saw her, I knew that she had something that I didn't have that I wanted to develop and I couldn't put my finger on it. So she was one of my best teachers. Wow. And, you know, I married her. She was the only woman I could have had a child with. And for like about a decade, she held that space for me to get in touch with me, to do that work, to figure it out. And she held that space. She's so tough, so loving, and so sacrificial. And in that, because to hold that space for someone to move from unconscious to conscious or somewhat conscious or being on the track to consciousness, you're going to get abused. 
that's just the way it is. That that person that holds that space is going to get likely hurt a lot because us as unconscious people, whether it be a man or a woman, we're doing a lot of things that we don't know we're doing because we're not conscious, we're not aware. And she took a lot of abuse from me and things that I didn't know that I was doing. But now looking back, I, I see what what where I was unconscious. And now, you know, I'm like, I do everything for her. Not everything, obviously, but like I'm down for her, yeah. you know, and, and I help her whatever, whatever she needs. This is my former wife, whatever she needs. I don't care what yeah. it is. If I'm dating somebody, they're going to have to understand that I'm down for, not just because we have a child together, yeah. that's layered on top of it, but because she's my soul sister, twin flame, soul mate, or whatever the case may be, and I'm just down for her. And so whatever she needs, I got it. And so that's just how we roll. And it's, and it's total trust. It's total platonic. She's had, you know, a boyfriend. I helped her move into his place. I helped her move out. And I helped, I just, you know, it's, that's just the way it is. I just got like that love. I get excited. <laughs> you can probably tell. <laughs> I get excited because this is a part of like why I was born, mm. you know, is really like that truth. For me, I'll just wrap this part up with that. Like that's a truth that gives me so much spiritual strength is the love that I have for my sister, which is beyond the romance. It's before that. Romance is like here and there, whatever it is, what it is, you know what I'm saying? It comes and glows and it's cool. But underneath that, that spiritual fortified connection, love, she's got me. I got her, you know? And, you know, I love, literally, I love all my brothers and sisters that way. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to like people. So I'll just say that with that, but there's a balance with that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I ain't gotta like you. I do love you. I do love you, but I might have to whip your ass if I need to whip your ass if you come across a line. You see what I'm saying? There's a, there's a balance between that. So, uh, it's all good. It's all good. You know what? <laughs> like even, even that's beautiful to hear, but with me, what I pick up on there, I'm like, now it makes me more fascinated in hearing your ex-wife's story as well. Because for me, <laughs> I'm kind of like, I heard it once and it was like, someone was talking about Scooter, who manages Bieber and Demi Lovato and that. And everyone was like, oh, you need to try and get Demi Lovato and Justin on the campaign and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, so who's this? And someone said, Scooter, out of everyone in the industry, to say how young he is, he makes sure when they're going through a hard time, he takes them, he pulls them from their tour. And I was like, Justin, Demi, whatever, they've got a story. Like, I'd love to. There's something in Scooter, I want to know his story. Because yeah. somebody isn't just born with that. There is a story. So you oh telling me that, I'm like, I want to know your ex-wife story now. <laughs> Dude, I'll put you in touch with her. I'll see if she'd be down to do this. She's got a story. Look, it's, it's, it's like, she's got a story. She wasn't even supposed to be here. Let me put it like this. I'll tell you the very first thing. She wasn't even supposed to be born. Wow. Because her mother's tubes were tied. And her dad begged, was begging on his knees for her mom to have his baby. And she was like, I can't. My tubes are tied. So she, that was her first feat <laughs> in getting here was that her dad, her dad, and you know, her dad's love and just wanting her to come and just she and she was born. She was and it's a beautiful story. And she's had just trial and tribulation and just she's so tough and so loving. It's just, I'm definitely gonna put you in touch with her and hopefully she'll I think she will 
you know, do this because she's got a story that's that starts way before me. But then we have our destiny. Hearing hearing you, what you've come through, and her being your soul sister to teach you. And that's what I say. You can have a mentor in life, and it can be someone right under your nose that you don't realize. But um, let's bring it back to you, mate. So then you went into the Hollywood, which in itself is unbeknownst to a lot of people. There's a lot of media attention. Some could say superficial kind of industry where it's all about looks. So for you to have gone on your journey of working on yourself and not looking at that superficial side of you and the way that you used to like put women women eyes should i say how did you work that when you're you when you're thrust into such a high prolific career in the spotlight and everything is about looks and again the superficial like what you look at and what movie you're in and how did you navigate through all that Oh, no, I, I didn't navigate. That was the time when I was in pure ego. Like, I was totally caught up in that world. Right. And, then, and then I left that world in search for the real world. So, no, no, that was... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm now on the precipice of going back to navigate that world that you're talking about. And, you know, um, so I'll answer that question in that way because, you know, I walked away from the entertainment industry and dropped my agents and all that stuff and search for, you know, a real life for me. Cause look, when it comes down to it, like I want to die proud knowing that I contributed to something and did something that was worthy of my soul leaving here on this planet or affecting people in some sort of way that was, that really made a difference. Like I want them to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the accolades, accolades so much here, but like when I cross back over, I want to impress and be, have fans up there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now when I go back, you know, because I've had like a, a, a sort of calling to open up back to entertainment in the next like year or two, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm so anchored in, in, that, in that which matters now. You know, whether it be the students in our school teaching yoga, making a difference for our brothers and sisters, you know, with, with the men's work that we're doing, you know, I knew at a point that I wasn't fully anchored in it. And I knew if I went back maybe, let's say, a year ago or two, a year and a half ago, if, if I had tried to, like, go back into entertainment, that I wasn't fully rooted in this, in this real world, I'll just say. I wasn't fully rooted. It, it didn't, it, it wasn't, I wasn't consumed by it just yet. Mm-hmm. Now I'm consumed by it. Like, this is why I live. And the only reason why I'm going back to entertainment now is to actually influence this. That's the only reason why, because it's gonna make a bigger impact on this. But I had to get rooted in this world first and be consumed about it and invest in it and sacrifice for it. And so that's, that's where I'm at right now. And, uh, and that's the only reason that drives me to go back you know, to entertainment was, is to actually really emphasize and, and let this, this work flourish over here. It's because entertainment is a powerful tool. Yeah, because you've had that platform, you've still got that platform in a different capacity, you mix the two, you can use that and enable that and empower more people, which is beautiful in itself. Was there a moment, what, what was that pivotal moment for you when you decided to leave the entertainment industry though? Was this something that you just one day woke up and said, I need to work on myself? Or <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, it was one of the moments, there was a few moments, uh, I had dropped my manager, that was a few years, and then I had actually, when I had dropped my agent, my theatrical agent, that was a big moment to drop my theatrical agent, right? 
I remember I was arguing with him and I was in uh, Washington, D.C. And I was doing some production because we had started a production company. And so we were doing a, a, a live stream campaign for like Marianne Williamson when she was with Bernie Sanders or something like that. And we were prepping for the event. And I was talking to my agent and I started, I went from clean and I started to look like, you know, beard and I started to look like, you know, this sort of thing. Right. And, and growing the hair out. And he was, he was basically telling me, he was like, well, yeah, you know, your look, your look is, is not really marketable in a way that we need to market, you know, market you, 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 we can't send you out for an FBI agent. We can't send you out for this. And I was really embarking on, discovering the who I truly was and I remember I was yelling at I was kind of I was yelling at him in a passionate way and I was telling him I was like you guys don't even know what you want from me I was like what you guys want is me and I'm actually discovering what the me is out here but I'm not discovering it for you I'm discovering it for me and so like, I'm not gonna sacrifice discovering who I truly am, which is what you truly want to actually, you know, come over there and like start to change my look for you. I'm not doing it. So I was so, pat and I was yelling at him. And I remember my, my partner, my co-producer, she was like, she thought I was talking to the graphic designer for the event because that's who I just finished the conversation with. And she had seen me like kind of yelling and she was like, are you talking to Katie? I was like, no, no, I'm not talking to her. <laughs> and I went back to yelling at my agent. And then shortly after that is, is when I was like, I, I, I had to drop my agent and, you know, and I haven't had an agent since, but you know, it was just something that was just out of alignment. And I had to start really aligning these areas of my life, aligning these areas with my inner world. And as soon as you, I think as soon as someone really starts to, cause that always needs to be done. When you know your inner truth, but what's happening out there, whether it be a relationship or whether it be a job or whether it be an action or how you're speaking, whatever, or your clothes, at least as far as I'm concerned, when your outer world is not in alignment with your inner world, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. So I think that our, our duty is to, in the best way that we can, and as fast and as safe as possible, is to align our outer world with our inner world. And once we have that, we'll have consistency and cohesiveness and we'll be on, as one of my mentors says, we'll be on our on soul brand. We'll be on brand with our soul because we don't want to be on brand with just the business. We want the business to be on brand with the soul and then let it radiate out, radiate out from there. So, yeah, I don't even know if I answered your question, but I think we, we got it somewhere up in there, right? This episode could go on for hours because it's so funny. Like You're saying so much like wisdom within it. And I'm relating it in my head. I'm listening intently, but I'm going, what is just said there takes me back to someone was teaching me because I do some coaching on the side and they was telling me, well, this is what so-and-so says and you've got to live in the end game. So start dressing the part and start. So I was known for doing my networking things and I was just like, Glenn, singlet, t-shirt, stepping into my truth because I've always believed the spirituality you own your truth. It's the quickest way to rise your vibration. You attract your audience. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I started listening to this person. And they was like, yeah, just put a shirt on and then step into what you, what you are. And I did it for a few weeks. And I was like, you know what? I'm always one for listening and learning. And after a while, I was kind of like, it doesn't feel like me. 
Like, I'm, I, I don't like the idea of perception. I'm not trying to, because for me, if you're trying to pertain to this ideal of perception, then like COVID happens and you need help because you're on your ass, you can't, or you feel like you can't help ask for help because you're trying to live this kind of, and you're not, and what you said there, just like, boom, going, Glenn, that was your intuition telling you it didn't feel right. Go back to your authentic self. And ever since, I've just gone back to my T-shirts and my singlets, and I'm going, you know what? This is me. I find my audience, and I'll attract my people. I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, vice versa. So, mate, you're full of wisdom. I'm learning from you today, Kiko. Oh, man, dude. I'm, I, look, I, I'm learning from everything, man. I learned from my nine-year-old daughter. You know what I'm saying? She brings up stuff for me, and I'm like, all right, calm down. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because right before this, before I got this interview with me, I, I you know, uh, we switched, you know, she went with her mom and I was just like annoyed. Mm -hmm. I was just annoyed. And, but I, you know, I love my daughter no matter what, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes, you know what I'm saying? We can, and sometimes I annoy her. And, but it's just like, you know, we have the, you know, we're always learning. And, you know, I was like, man, I don't want to do the interview. You know, I don't want to do the interview pissed, but I'm like, you know what? It's just going to be what it is. It's going to be a real interview. It's going to be what it is. I'm not going to try to be happy. I'm not going to be angry. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm over it. I'm not holding a grudge. But I'm, I'm just going to be my natural vibe. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, man. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I will it's, say, I'd hate to see you pissed because your energy is off the chart now. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever you like when you're pissed, mate. <laughs> No, I don't. It, it takes a while. It takes it takes a lot for me to get like pissed, and I get over it pretty fast, you know, because it's just not, you know. I, and I know, like, when I'm when I'm pissed about something that has to do with my ego, it's just something I need to work out. Yeah. It's not, you know, I'm not gonna point my finger at my daughter, and, and that's, you know, there's stuff that she's she's working on, there's stuff that I'm working on, and stuff that we're rubbing the wrong, that we're both working on. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's my responsibility. If I'm getting if I'm getting tweaked, obviously there's something in me that's that's tweaked, and she just brought it out. And I like I like to say like just because I'm putting the pressure on you and your orange juice comes out sour, I didn't put the sourness. I put the pressure on you, but your sourness is you. You see what I'm saying? So I own that for me as well. It's like if I'm sour, she put the pressure on me, but that, I can't blame her. And, and really, I want to thank her for like allowing me to see my sourness and where where I'm really at right now. So, so yeah, best teachers all around, man. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad to be on both sides. But before we go into what you're doing now, I did want to touch upon because when we spoke about last time, what really I really loved about you was the fact that you're giving back to a community of less privileged people. Like, and that's one of the things with me with therapy. A lot of people can't afford it, and I know you was telling me that. You want to go back into um, less influential communities where you can give back and you can help that. So tell the audience about that because I just think it's amazing. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's just basically where I grew up. You know, I grew up in South Central LA, South LA, and that's you know, you know, when I when I go back to you know whatever you want to call it, the hood and stuff like that, and I would go back to uh, a class or something that I was doing, working with the community back then, I would know that, like, say, for example, I would need to stop if I'm going to, and I'm a healthy eater. I'm like, you know, I'm plant-based now. I don't eat any meat. I don't eat fast food and stuff like that. It just doesn't vibe with me no more. I used to, but not anymore. And, you know, I have to grab something before I get within like a 10 mile radius. I have to say, oh, if I get too close to where my destination is, I'm not going to find a Trader Joe's. I'm not going to find a, a Whole Foods. I'm not going to find a, a healthy food store 
that where I'm going to be able to get something of nutritional value. So I better get it now. Those resources and things are just not there. And then that's a whole another conversation on why they're not there in that area. But, you know, so, you know, being able to provide and give the, you know, give people the resources that they need to develop themselves to enhance, to evolve the mentality, the emotions, the body, the breath, the yoga, all that stuff, you know, even just getting out. One of the best things that my mom did for me, my mom and my dad, was send me on a bus to school outside of the hood. And so I would come back home to the hood, but then I would literally travel the world by going through all these different neighborhoods. And I ended up graduating from like Palisades High School, which is out by the beach. And so I was constantly traveling, constantly traveling, constantly getting out. And that just cracked open my mind. And so, yeah, so one of the, like I said, we, we started uh, a school called Ma'at University, and that provides uh, free transformational learning for under-resourced communities. And that we started that school online, you know, this year, back when all this stuff started, because we're like, okay, there's nothing that's going to happen in person right now. So we need to actually build our presence online and start making a difference online. So we have recorded courses, yoga courses, uh, women's uh, empowerment, self-defense courses, men's courses uh, that help people to go inside, go internal. A lot of all the work that we do starts at an internal soul level and then it builds out from there. And me being literally, I've been, I was lost in what I call the dark room of myself for over 35 years. And I just got really good at being in the dark, like not knowing who I was. And so when I finally got a spark, a glimpse of, you know, just my truth, my light, which everybody has, I'm like, oh, I'm holding on to this but I also still know my way around the dark of what it is to be a, a lost soul within yourself when you don't know yourself. Like, man, I know what that is. I paid my dues being lost, being all these things that I wasn't. I was a you know thief and this and that and this and that and insecure and scared and all these things that are not true for all of us, for all of us. I'm not saying that we all need to be expressive and, and sometimes crazy like how I am, but, but all of us have an opinion and experience and all of us, um, you know, have something to express and put into the world. That I know for a fact. So anyways, uh, that's the school that, we've, that we provide for free transformational learning. We have live learning, live yoga courses. And to bring that into a nutshell, uh, this, we've really pivoted into doing men's work. And we're really um, moving into that phase of, like I, I do private coaching with men. We're moving into group coaching. We have an event coming up called, called Evolving Men of Color, Evolves All Men, uh, January 16th, where it's a celebration of evolving men of color that stand for, you know, our, us evolving. And, you know, we have, it's a all day, it's an all day virtual summit. It's panels. We're raising money for a charity that is, that I've worked with that's in South Central LA called Positive Results Center. And they give all the tools, resources, prom dresses, girl talk, youth talk, boys talk, all these youth of color, they do, they do the real on the ground work uh, right there where I grew up. And so everything that we, when we, have, when we have a course, when we have things that brings in money, 
uh, we donate our proceeds to them. And so the event that we have coming up January 16th, uh, 100% of the, the profits goes towards their nonprofit organization. And so uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what's up. That's, that's what we're doing, man. So that's, that's what we have geared for coming up. And next year, and really we're, our work really, for the most part, for the next like decade, probably at least, is really focused on working with uh, men of color and helping us to evolve because that's in the one lead of the family, you know, and our job as men is to, is to protect, to provide and to lead. And so if we're not doing that, that disassembles the entire family. But if you have the father there that can protect the family and provide for, for the family and lead that family in the right way, you know, from here, right? then you got a family there. You got a community. You got something that's healthy and balanced and you have the mother and you have the child and you have leadership and you have a, you have a family unit. So my work is uh, mainly uh, with, you know, with, with the men and reestablishing us knowing how to get back to our heart centers and knowing that we can, we can, um, uh, us be, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say with this, us becoming a fully activated man is learning the yin yang energy within us. It's learning that gas pedal and that brake pedal. It's knowing how to move forward and backwards. It's that sun and that moon. It's that masculine and that feminine. It's both of those. You see what I'm saying? If I'm a martial artist, I'm not just gonna go and hit you and hit you, hit you and not know how to defend myself. I gotta, I gotta know how to recede and come back. So as men, it's learning how to you know, lead with our heart in our space, how to be sensitive, how to be firm, and do both at the same time. And when, and using that intuition, how to interweave both of those. So, boom, that's it right there, brother. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. That's what I'm doing. That's it, baby. Um, two more Good. questions for you. Have you been surprised with the response? Talking about, um, because I don't know your upbringing or where you're from, is masculinity where you're from? Because I know where I'm from as well, a lot of guys wouldn't talk about it. With what you're doing and bringing it more into fruition, yeah. with the campaign, I've got about 70% of men, which has impressed me because a lot of men tend to hide their feelings. With what you're doing now, with your community as well, from, from your upbringing, was it something that men of the family often spoke about that you may have seen your dad or not and how have you changed that and what has the response been like yeah great question man thank you uh no man my like growing up no it was it was it was and, then, and my grandfather too it was like listen to me i'm right even if i'm wrong i'm freaking right so listen to me don't ask questions I'm teaching you how to survive thriving wasn't even that that was it that was it that was the mentality. So that was like all fear, ego, pain, unhealed sort of perspective, you know? And, um, you know, I just come from a, a different perspective. And, you know, it's, for me, I, I just know in my heart of hearts and my soul of souls that being a man is much more than what we thought it was. Being a man has nothing to do with being macho. It has nothing to do with just being strong or hard it's 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 the balance it's being balanced it's being harmonious it's being peaceful it's being loving love is the only thing that's really going to give us our true strength and power anyway 
So if I, but if I'm not connected with the loving aspect of who I am, if I don't know how to express it, if I'm not in touch with it, if I don't know how to express my emotions, if I don't know how to actually speak my truth and tell you, Glenn, I love you. I love you, brother. I want good for you, brother. And not feel uncomfortable about it, not feel less of a man. You see what I'm saying? And not feel like, oh yeah, yeah, I love you, man. Yeah, I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too. I love you too. I love you too. Yeah, I love you too. No, no, I love you. I love you, brother. I want you to do great. I want you and your family to be safe. I want you to follow your mission. I want your campaign to do amazing. I love you. And I think that that's, for me, I get strength from that truth. And I just know that that, that truth will penetrate all illusion. And so I just lead with that. It's when I feel my most powerful. It's when I feel my most on point, on mission. Is when I'm leading with that truth and my life is, you know, following that, that path. And so a lot of men as well, you know, look, everyone has access to truth. Truth penetrates through all space and time. I'm not special or nothing like that. Nobody's special with truth. But if you align with it, you'll penetrate through all the BS, plain and simple, you know? And so when I speak about a, a man having access to emotions and saying, you know, I, you can say, I love you. You know what I'm saying? It just resonates truthfully with men and men align with that and they get it. You know what I'm saying? And they get that truth gives us strength. Love is, gives us strength. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I pretty much, yes, yeah, it's, 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 the response has been good. You know, we're starting off nice and slow and building, you know, but, but the men that I come in contact with, Men, men, and this is all men, whether men of color, white men, whatever, men are wanting uh, to develop themselves. Men are knowing that there's something more that they can become, that they're meant to be, that they're to, that they're to express, that they're supposed to do in the world, to stand for in the world. Men are getting the, the spiritual hit. They're getting the, the message that evolution is upon me as a man and it's time and it's great to have the car it's great to have these things but there's more to it and i want to i want to do and be more than what i've been and so that's that's it's it's great man it's powerful it's powerful one question for you then so with everything that's been said what does kiko being perfectly perfect mean to you what does being imperfectly perfect mean to me you know, it's, it's being my, it's like my mother told me, it's, it's my, my own sunshine, my own sunshine. It's, it's accepting my own light, my love for myself. I'm not perfect, but I'm the perfect me. Can't nobody do me better than me. And that's what it is, man. It's accepting that. It is beautiful. Hey, yeah. I, I would just say, I just, I've learned so much myself in this episode. I just oh, love everything about you. Sincerely, what you do, if you need any help promoting this stuff that you're doing, let us know because I just think it's the more, this campaign is all about everybody, equality, and I think remove the tag of being a female or male. We're human. We have emotions. We experience them. Yep. But even to delve into the masculinity of the old school that people still have to break the mold like you are doing. I, I just think it's amazing. And I just, yeah, 
Thank you, brother. I think I think it's amazing, and you're just going to keep flourishing and this relationship building. You're going to come on and and, and talk for us. Are you public? Oh speaker? man, I, I I can't wait to meet you in person, man. Because I'm 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 when all this stuff transforms and we can travel, man. I'm gonna be you know whether you come out here and I come out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sure at some point we'll cross each other's paths in real time, in real soul to soul energy, man. So and anything that you need as well, too, man. I support you know, what you're doing, the healing, the balancing, you know, creating peace within ourselves. And you're helping create a huge transformative space for everybody to look within and find peace, man, and find peace and healing and harmony and balance within self. Because once we can do that within, we can do it obviously without and outside of us. So uh, anything you need, man, I'm here, brother. And I'm going to put you in touch with my former wife, too, my, my soul sister, because you're going to love that interview 10 times more than this one, brother. She'll be telling me some stories, on, and I have to deal with him, and I have to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Look, I have no problem with it. Look, I ain't got no ego when it comes to that, because I'm not... I don't have any shame for being unconscious, I don't beat myself up for being unconscious. It was a part of my destiny because without that, I would not be able to be here. I had to forget. I had to do things wrong. I had to do things unconsciously. I had to. I had to be a thief. You know how many people I can relate to now? I can relate to all the thieves. Like, I know what it is to, to steal, man, because if I didn't steal, they'd be like, well, what you know what, it, what it's like to steal? You don't know what it's like to look over your back. Oh, yes, I do know what it's like to look over my back. You know, I have to have the experience. All of us do. So, you know what I'm saying? I, she, she'll, she'll tell you, she'll tell you the job. I did some stupid, unconscious stuff. And, but I've cleaned it up. I've cleaned it up. I fixed it to the best of my ability. I'm still fixing it. I'm, I'm doing that. That actually gave me, that, that was my slingshot into the path that I'm doing right now. Because I did all this wrong stuff, it gave me more ammunition to slingshot into the right direction. And so, yeah, I mean, she'll tell you, she'll tell you all that stuff that I did with, with just, you know, not appreciating her, not, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't there for her. And, um, and I see how I wasn't there for her and I see what was missing now. I can go back and I see him like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. This is, and I've, you know, as far as I know, I've fixed everything that I am conscious of at this particular point. And when I fig figure something else out, I'm going to fix that shit too. <laughs> I, was, I was just saying this earlier. I was like, you know what? It's constant evolution, learning about ourselves, and just when you think you've got there, boom, another thing. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. What What are you testing me with now? What have I got to learn? Like it yep. seriously is, and I, I've been on my journey with all this, and I'm thinking, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm working on myself spiritually, and then what? I I, I don't. What do you want me to learn now? <laughs> so yep. that that's that's the question. Yep. When you ask that, and you're like, okay, what's what's the lesson? What do I need to learn? Boom, and you and you take and you listen and you take it and you you and then you actually do it in real time. You do it. You take action. The lesson will pass because there's no other point. The point is to get the lesson and then to demonstrate your uh, 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 your understanding of the lesson by taking action, and then you can gain that wisdom and that and that true knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I love you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. You too. Before you go, where can people find out more information about you? 
Oh, um, well, for me on Instagram, I'm Kiko Ellsworth. That's with two L's. Uh, for our school, uh, it's uh, you can find that on there too in, in the link in bio and all that stuff. But if you want to go directly to like our website, it's Maat University. It's M-A-A-T University dot C-O. And from there, you got, you know, you got, that's, that's me everywhere right there. Access to Kiko. All right, yeah. well, I'll, I'll put all the links on. I just want to say on behalf of me and the campaign, thank you very much. Guys, to get this episode, just simply go and subscribe to Spotify or iHeartRadio for the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. Until next time, guys, keep having those internal conversations and those hard conversations. It's the only way we're going to break down barriers and change the narrative towards mental health. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.